Hey there, Super Nintendo fans or Super Famicom fans. I am the No Sword Gamer, host of the No Sword Gamer on YouTube, your source for new reviews on old games. And I'm also the host of the Atari 7800 Game by Game podcast, along with my robotic announcer guy, Voice. And you are listening to the Super Nintendo Entertainment System podcast. Right here on the Retro Junkies Network. Super NES Podcast. Uh, we're going to be covering the Super Tecmo Bowl games in this podcast. You're getting three for the price of one on this one, folks. Uh, Super Tecmo Bowl 1, 2, and 3 are the games that we're going to be covered, uh, which were all developed and published by Tecmo uh, for the Super NES in various years, which we'll cover here in a moment. Um, our regular co-host, Alessandro, could not, could not be with us uh, for this podcast tonight uh, due to scheduling conflicts. Um, however, however, I am pleased to have to, to have on the podcast somebody help me to help me talk about these games. Um, you know him best from the Atari 700 Game of Game podcast and also from his excellent retro uh, review channel on YouTube, the No Square Gamer, uh, Phil. Uh, how's it going tonight, Phil? Help! I am being hostage, held hostage by the Super Nintendo pot. Someone, please save me! <laughs> you know, you, you make a joke about that Dig Dug wannabe game, and this is what happens to you. You just get captured by Greg, and he just he pulls you in. I mean, your other co-host, I saw him slip away. I, as I was coming, <laughs> kicking and screaming, he's like, "Great, this is my shot." He he got out like a like a cat in a night, dude. He was just out like, "Oh my goodness!" Ah, I'll talk Super Nintendo, Greg. <laughs> Uh, actually, now to mention it, <laughs> uh, I was going to say this for the end, but this kind of seemed like a, a good point to ask you, like Denny. Uh, I've been asked to ask you, uh, uh, on the record, by an anonymous fan of the show, uh, whose name I won't mention, what exactly, what exactly that is you have against like Mr. Do? Uh, hang on. Hang on. <laughs> hang on a second. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, my lawyer says I don't have to answer that question, so I, I have to go by his his leading there. We're not going to talk about that game. So, yeah, let's carry on. We're here to talk about the Tecmo Super Bowl series. I shall do that. I will live up to that, and then you must free me. That is the deal. Uh, yes. Uh, um, 
Yes, as a matter of fact, I've been trying to get Phil to be to, to be in the podcast since like I first launched the podcast like over six months ago. You uh, ever see like like these old almost Scooby Doo cartoons or no? No, I think it's better the Roadrunner. So imagine Greg as the wily e. coyote and constantly putting the bird seed for me to and trying to trap me with his acme trap. That's what's been going on for a month. And I guess once in a while the coyote wins. You got me. <laughs> uh. Well, in all seriousness, like it's a great pleasure, like a great honor to have you on here, uh, uh, like in this podcast, because you set the bar very high with the recording on both your own podcast and also your uh, YouTube show. I don't know how you managed to do it. Like you crank out those videos just like you know, bam, bam, bam. You know, one after another. It, just... <laughs> it doesn't feel like that, dude. It doesn't feel like that. I know it comes across that way, but uh, uh, sometimes it, it's a lot of work. Like this past week, it's been really hard, but. I, I, I'm humbled. Thank you for saying that. I, I try. I try to do what I can. You know, one of the one of the things I'm doing with both is uh, I, I, you know, a lot of gamers. If you're a collector, you end up collecting a lot more than you actually play. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm actually trying to go through my collection. And that's that's one of the things I'm doing is I'm like, you know what? I got this collection. I need to decide if I'm going to keep these games or if I'm going to sell them or trade them. And and so I'm I'm getting through there one game at a time. But no, I, I'm honored that that you say I try my best. Mm. Yes, definitely. So, like you know, um, like you know, like you know, um, uh, like anybody who listens to Phil's podcast or, or a podcast or submissions on, on another podcast in the past uh, knows that Phil grew up pretty much a Atari and Sega guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember you saying or saying earlier that you really didn't get a Super NES until you got one uh, like at a yard sale sometime in the '90s. With an incredible bargain, that I'm extremely envious about. Do oh, mind? it was it was a great it was a great thing, and and actually I think it was later. I think it was after 2000, early 2000s. So this is my first Super Nintendo. I grew up with an Atari 7800. That well, actually before that I had a Magnavox Odyssey 2. If anyone knows what that is, but then I transitioned to the 7800. That was the first system I bought where I could actually go to Toys R Us and buy games because I couldn't do that when I got the Odyssey 2. That was after they kind of left the market. And then after that, I transitioned to the Sega Genesis. I know, boo hiss. But I was a Sega. But I, and even though I was a, a Sega fanboy to a degree, it wasn't to the degree where I hated anything Nintendo. All right, it, it wasn't like that at all because a lot of my friends had Super Nintendos as well. So I played a lot of Super Nintendo growing up. I enjoyed the system. And then uh, when Sega got out of the market, I supported Sega until the Saturn. When they got out of the market. Eventually, I transitioned to the to the Nintendo game <laughs> to the Nintendo GameCube. I've been kind of a GameCube or a Nintendo yeah, guy ever since then. I'm I'm still uh, you know I have a th- the 3DS is probably my favorite system right now. So yeah, 2000. I was at a garage sale. I found a cardboard box, and it was a it was a Super Nintendo with all the hookups, uh, Super Mario World, and SimCity five bucks. Wow, that's an amazing deal. And, and those are two of the greatest games I think on the system. Yes, definitely. I mean, like you know, that is a really an amazing find. I remember the first time I heard that. Uh, I first heard that when we first heard that we talked about it, like you know, the podcast. I'm just thinking that I'm just going myself. But you lucky sob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, I guess I won't tell you how I found Chrono Trigger in a box for a dollar. I'll leave that for another day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes, I mean some people. Some people still have amazing finds out there, like even like, like even nowadays. So yeah, but, but th- you know that was the perfect time, early two thousands, to buy a Super Nintendo. Generally, two generations later, that's like the the best time to buy something. If you want to buy PlayStation or especially PlayStation Two games, this is the time to buy them. 
because in the coming generations, you'll see the price go up on those. And, and, and then, you know, PlayStation 3 or Xbox 360 will follow. But that it's it's really interesting how that works out because there was a time where you could go to almost any thrift store. You know, I bought, um, what was it? <laughs> I, I, went, I went to GameStop, Evil GameStop. I went there in the, after I got my $5 Super Nintendo and I was buying some games out of GameStop for like five to 10 bucks that now they're probably charging, you know, 40 to 50. Mm-hmm. I think I think I got a copy of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, 4 from GameStop for like $10. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so but you must have at least like uh, gone over to friends houses every now and then. Like, yeah. Like at some point, like some point in the 90s, the 90s, like Super NES was prime and played some games like their houses. Right. Well, I think a lot of people had one friend who seemed to have everything. Mm hmm. And I had a friend like that, and he was, you know, only child, and the family, you know, was upper middle class, I guess would be a good way. And he, he basically got anything he wanted, video game-wise. Had a Nintendo, had a Super Nintendo, had a Sega Genesis, had a Sega CD, had a Sega Saturn when it, right when they came out, okay? So I finally remember when the Super Nintendo first launched, and he bought one, and he bought, like, all the launch titles. He had Super Mario World. He had um, F-Zero. He had what else was there? Pilot Wings and um, Final Fight, the one-player Final Fight, and, and I just remember just having a blast playing all those games. And that's I actually saw him beat Super Mario World. I, I would watch him beat uh, you know several games, but played some uh, Street Fighter Two at his house for the first time. So yeah, I had some friends who played it, and I had another friend of mine wasn't as well off, but you know I guess I'll talk about it uh, maybe more as we go on. But he was the one who we'd hang out, we'd play Super Tecmo Bowl, you know, in his basement all the time. He didn't have as many games, but man, did we play some Super Tecmo Bowl? Uh, what else? We played a little Super Tennis as well and some Street Fighter Two, but it was all about Super Tecmo Bowl during those times. That's actually a great segue because I was going to ask you uh, what history, what history like these games were because uh, you gave me. On Facebook several months ago, a list of possible games that you felt that you really enjoyed and felt comfortable enough in talking about on the system, and I was like, wow, 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 the Super Tecmo Bowl games. I was not expecting to see that on the final list. So um, no, and I'm I'm really weird because I have more experience with the Super Nintendo version than the NES version because I didn't grow up with a Nintendo, and some my and my friends who had a Nintendo they didn't like to Tecmo Bowl. The first time I played. The um, I think it was the NES uh, Tecmo Super Bowl. The first time I played that was at a college visit when I was visiting a campus, and that was retro at the time. But the guy had it, and we and that was the first, and I think the only time I've only played the NES version one time. Mm. So you said that most of your time um, uh, back in the uh, back in the nineties was spent playing the original the original Super Tecmo Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. As far yeah yeah yeah, I had a lot of fun time playing the original Super Tecmo Bowl. Did you ever? Uh, did you ever see or even hear about uh, the second and third games coming out of the system? In the- I, I I did. Let's see. Um, I think I might have saw a little bit. I I worked uh, during college. I worked at a Midwestern chain called Meyer, which was uh, it was very similar to Walmart. You it, it had like the half of it was a grocery store and half of it was <laughs> your your dry goods. So you could buy you know furniture or you could buy uh, toys. And I worked in the toy department. I think I recall seeing it on the shelves closer to the end because, uh, yeah, it was at the end of life. And uh, I remember, I'll say this too, I remember when my, my same buddy got the Tecmo Bowl, Tecmo Super Bowl or whatever on the PlayStation 1. Mm-hmm. And, man, 
Tech Mobile really suffered once it once the 32-bit generation came because it just wasn't the same. It lost some of its charm. It lost the cartooniness. It tried to become more real. And I don't think Tecmo, the Tech Mobile series is strong because it was real. It was strong because it was fun. Definitely. You know, kind of arcadey, mm. which, you know, there's there's roots in that. But, yeah, I, I, I remember playing that. And then later on when I bought another, like, I've gone in cycles, and I bought a Super Nintendo again uh, a few years back. And I ended up, uh, when I was looking for a Tecmo Super Bowl, so I don't even know how, but I got the third one. And I played that for a while, too. So that's a great point that you just brought up, because I was going to, like, mention that here uh, to start talking about the game's uh, like stuff like per se uh um but you know i've mentioned in past podcasts uh like in past recordings i've done both on this podcast like on my other podcasts that you know i'm a huge sports fan and especially football like football is my favorite sport uh like you know i love football uh on sundays on sundays like when the season's on i'm in front of my tv set like all day uh like <laughs> i'm you know, also keeping half the half the eye on the tv set and half the eye on the computer like watch my fancy football teams um, just oh, like, man, you know, like, fantasy football. Yeah, so. definitely. <clears throat> so, you know, like, you know, I, I I really love football. I mean, I, I mean, I enjoy all sports, but football is my favorite. So I've played a lot of football games over the years. And a, um, um, and as I and I mentioned this point in previous podcasts that, you know, there's really there's really two starting around the NES time is like really like when the split with football games started, we started having the. The arcade casual games and the serious simulation games, uh, because in the past, like the pre-crash consoles, you really couldn't do that because the limitations of the system, uh, the system and the and the game sizes. Um, the television football was pretty simmy. Um, I'd say probably that's kind of the exception. Um, I would love that game as a kid, but I never had any television, so I, I mean that 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 game's so complicated, it actually required a playbook to or to use. So just kind of give you an idea of how like how like ahead of its ahead of its time that that was, but particularly um, by by about 1989 1990 uh, by the time the Madden the games were starting to come out that's when we started to see that split between like the arcade the, the arcade football games and like the more and the more serious simulation simulation uh, uh, football games, and you know like I love Madden I buy Madden every year I play the living heck out of it. Um, but I also, but I also, but I also still come back to Tecmo Bowl because it's a very, still, I think the best arcade uh, football game that was ever made. Uh, just the, just the whole franchise. We'll talk about the franchise here in a moment here, but just the games, the franchise, they're great arcade football games. They're very, they're very easy. They're very easy to learn to pick up and play. You can get people involved in them who like, don't even like football. Uh, they're really, really fun, just like fun, casual games, just like, you know, pick up and just like, you know, have a. And just you know, have an afternoon of fun. I like your, I like for a friend or two. So uh, yeah, and and that's what happened with us because what we were doing because in the Tech Mobile in the Super uh, Tech Mobile games you could uh, pick what teams are man um, operated, and there was four of us playing through a season together. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes you'd play against the computer, sometimes you'd play against each other, but it worked really well for that situation because we would go weeks and be like, hey, is it my turn to play a game? And just continue going through the season, and it was a it was a real treat if everyone, all four of us, were in the same basement at the same time, because then you could just plow through through games. But you know, it's real interesting. Let me ask you right now: if you had to pick, and let's let's leave it at the 16-bit generation, would you have gone with Madden Football or uh, the Super Tech Mobile series? 
during the Super NES era, I definitely would have gone with Tecmo Bowl. And I think that's very interesting. Uh, one, because you grew up uh, with the Super Nintendo. Two, the Super Nintendo, in my opinion, is better suited for this style of sport game. Sport games were not the strong suit of the system because it was a little bit slower. You know, the Genesis had blast processing, which, you know, that's just a marketing to, uh, marketing slogan. But what it meant was their processor <laughs> could, could move a little faster. So it worked well for the Madden series on the Sega Genesis. All right. It seemed to me like the Super Nintendo was better suited for like uh, some action games, adventure games, uh, uh, more of the thinking simulation games, if you will. Yes. Sport games it tended to struggle on. But not with Super Tecmo Bowl because I think because there was less on the screen, it was a little less complicated, it was simplified, and it worked better. I think if you had a Super Nintendo and you had to choose between the two, you'd probably go towards the, the towards the Tecmo Bowl series, where if you had a Genesis, you're probably going to say the Madden series. Which is why I'm delighted to be able to, to – I don't even be able to talk about these games because like, because like a sports game is really the one major type of game we've not yet covered in the podcast. Just because of the fact that even though there are a lot of sports games made of the Super NES and there's a lot, a lot of sports games I have that I have nostalgia for, um, many sports games don't age very well um, as the years go by. So like, you know – um, there's just really, there's really not too many sports games from the system I can go back, go back, go back to now and play and enjoy playing just because of how many things have changed over the years. And, you know, I'm not counting games like, you know, um, uh, games like, you know, like a Super Punch-Out or Super Mario Kart, which are technically sports games, but I really, um, but I really don't think of those as being sports games. I'm, th- I, 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 I'm talking more traditional more, more traditional genres like baseball and wrestling and tennis and that kind of stuff. And right. the only sports games I still enjoy playing with Super NES to this day are NBA Jam, mm-hmm. which is a another very, another arcade title. Right. Yep. Um, the, the Super NES port is not the best. I think the PlayStation the PlayStation version was the best home port of that, of that game, but the Super NES port still very solid. And the Super Tecmo Bowl games, just because of the mm-hmm. fact that they are simply. To me, they're the pinnacle of evolution of what the NES Tecmo Bowl games were. But by the same token, you know, I, like you know, I always hear people talking talking about the NES Tecmo Bowl games like very fondly. There's a huge nostalgia for those games, mm-hmm. and and you know, they, those those games still have a cult following to this day. Every year, there's still there's still roster patches that are released uh, that you can like download and apply to your ROM of the game to update the game with the current rosters and whatnot. I never hear anybody doing any doing doing that or, or doing that or any kind of love like the like, like the Super Tecmo Bowl games. Right, much- and, it, and it's it's a bit of a shame because it's the way the games are named. I, I'm looking at my cartridge right now. It's Tecmo Super Bowl, and uh, for the Super Nintendo, which is the same name as the NES version. So if you're like googling it, if you Google Tecmo Super Bowl, it's like you have to go through a lot of pages usually before you get to the Super Nintendo version. And it's, I'm in the minority. I, as I said, I didn't really experience a lot of the NES version. I think people are missing out if they, if they played the NES games, if they really dig them and they don't try the Super Nintendo versions. Mm. You know, I, I think you're missing out a little. I, I, I challenge you to try the original Tekken <laughs> Super Bowl on the Super Nintendo just to see see what it's like. Because it's, it's like the, it's like if you like a Twinkie. You, did you hear what they did with Twinkies a while back? I mean, I guess it's a long time ago, but they put chocolate on them and they made chocodiles. Yes. Uh, you know, it's kind of like that. It's like, man, they put chocolate on it and it tastes good, you know? So you're missing out, man. I like Twinkies, but throw some chocolate on that bad boy and try it once. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, 
Uh, so yeah, like you know, as we get talking like about these games, uh, like you know, uh, like you know, we're gonna make a lot of comparisons. I think to the Batman franchise, which really can't be helped because like you know, um, uh, the Batman franchise started about the same time that the that the Tecmo Bowl games came out. Uh, the very first John Madden football came out for came out for the um, IBM PC and Apple II in 1989, uh, and that was the that was the start of that franchise. Uh, but really, like you know, they were they were pretty they were pretty neck and neck there for a while. It was not pe- people tend to forget uh, that you know there was a lot of competition for football games like in those days uh, back in mm-hmm. the 90s. I mean, like aside from that and technical franchises, you also had uh, Sega's franchises. I'm not sure I'm not sure the name of it. But the, the it was uh, Joe had, Joe right. Joe Montana football and like and, a, the, and then they switched over and they got uh, Neon D and Sanders right. for their NFL series. So you had that franchise. You also had Atari making. Uh, Atari making football, football games like their consoles. You had various computer football games that were there on the market. It was not a foregone conclusion as which one of those like going to dominate the market. Um, no, no. And, and and let me let me enlighten uh, your Super Nintendo listeners just for a second. Just some trivia. So we all know about the Madden Madden franchise. When Sega wanted to do the Joe Montana football series. They hired um, Mediagenic, which was Activision at the time, to make it, and it was going to be the 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 screen was going to look a lot like the Tecmo Super Bowl, where it went from left to right, and they were working on it, but they couldn't get it done in time, and it wasn't meeting their quality standards. <laughs> so, what a lot of people don't realize is the very first Joe Montana football. What happened was Sega went to Electronic Arts, and they paid them to use the Madden engine. Electronic Arts made the same Joe Montana, the same. Uh, they took the Madden game. They made the first Joe Montana football for the Genesis. Uh, kind of in the dark, in the shadows, because people didn't know about it. While at the same time, they're they're um, promoting their own John Madden football series. And when they were done making Joe Montana football for the Sega Genesis, they actually they looked at their finished product. They thought it was so good that they watered it down because they didn't want their their own series to look bad. And they shipped it out. And it became more of the top-down, north-south uh, style football game. So just some interesting trivia there, how all these football games were kind of working Kind of together, and he, it was it was like you said a very interesting time for football uh, video games. Also, something else uh, a lot of people a lot of people probably a lot of people probably don't know about that first John Madden football in 1989. Um, that was the very first football game that actually featured all 22 players on the field. Uh, mm-hmm. That was actually a requirement by Madden. Madden refused to work to, to work with the team on making the football game unless it actually uh, unless it actually had that uh, because he. Re- because he really was gun ho about trying to make the game as realistic as possible, and previous previous generations of consoles just had had the just had not had the horsepower to be mm-hmm. able to handle that many players the players in the field. The original, the original, the original Tecmo Bowl for the NES doesn't have that many guys in the field, so Super Tecmo Bowl for the NES does, but that came out after uh, after this game, uh, so we'll talk about here in a moment. So uh, very very interesting, just how things kind of like you know, uh, sports games in particular. Really went through leaps and bounds of evolution in a very short period of time during this time period. Yeah, it was to me the 16-bit era for sport video games was a golden era, and when they sport games struggled tremendously when the PlayStation came out. I mean, tremendously. There, you don't hear a lot of people talking about PS1 sport games outside of you know maybe Gran Turismo, but I'm talking like your standard sport titles. Not too many people talk about it because it took. It was like they had to learn all over again how to do it. And even to the to this day, there's a lot of people who will say the best sport games are the 16-bit sprite-based games versus uh, polygonal games. 
Yeah, I was playing Madden for a long time, like my PC version, until finally they went like full 3D engine, like the consoles, and that didn't happen until I think like 98 or so, 99 when they finally before they finally came out, finally came out with like 3D engine. So, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely just uh, took like took like a long time. So, um, so I get the impression, like I get the impression that you're also. But you're also like a pretty big uh, sports fan, Phil. Well, I, I, I enjoy I enjoy sport games. Uh, it's weird. It kind of goes in cycles because a lot of like a lot of retro gamers out there. I don't have a lot of uh, friends, you know, co-workers or people I know who live by me who want to play games. So uh, typically when it comes to retro games, I'm typically playing by my lonesome, which means some sport games I can't get the same enjoyment out of because sport games work better typically with a second player, mm-hmm. but you know, I still, I, I'm, I'm, I like to watch. I'm a, I'm a, originally I was born in Michigan. So I like any kind of Michigan sports. I love, you know, I follow my Detroit Tigers, my Detroit Red Wings, my, my Detroit <laughs> Lions, which is one of the most painful things you can be as a Detroit Lion fan. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. And so, and the Detroit Pistons when they're decent. So there, you know, I do like sports to agree Football is probably similar to you. Is probably the one sport that I might devote the most time to. Fantasy football. I kind of giggled. I got into fantasy football right when it get, got in in the late '90s. And let me tell you something, man. That 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 turns you like into a mental case on on Sundays because you're you're because yes, you're, like, you're like <laughs> thinking all these weird scenarios as you watch the games. Like, okay, okay, um, if the quarterback throws to the wide receiver, but he fumbles and the defense scores a touchdown. That would be the best for me. You know, you're just, you're going through all these weird scenarios and it has you like kind of cheering for teams that aren't really your teams. Even, <laughs> I don't know if you've had the pledge. Who do you watch as a NFL guy? Well, Who's your I, team? Uh, well, I am a native New Englander. So of course, like, you know, I am a big New England Patriots fan and I know half of you people are screaming dry for iPhones and stuff like that right now about that. But Hey, Haters gonna hate. That's all I can say. So. Well, yeah, and cheaters gonna cheat. I understand. So, uh, anyway, so, so yeah, I'm sure there's been times where you're watching the Patriots play another team, but you have the guy on the other team, and there's a little conflict of interest oh, there, yeah. especially, yeah, especially yeah. if it's the quarterback. You oh, know, yeah, if you yeah. don't happen to have Tom Brady, a Michigan man, by the way. Yes, absolutely. So, um, yeah, and actually, uh, yeah, and actually, I and, and actually. And actually, I never played the Patriots in the Tecmo Bowl games, like the NES, because of how horrible the team was during those years. Uh, but during this time period, in, in like the 90s, they were starting to get better. So I like, always like play them. Uh, usually, but I'm usually able to. I'm usually uh, I'm usually able to do very well with them because the team was getting better in real life um, uh, during the time period. So it was interesting. And, and see, here I am, a Detroit Lions fan. And even though in the original Super Tecmo Bowl they were not that good, I still played them. Mm-hmm. Man, I I. I and it's so frustrating to have a quarterback who can't throw the ball. Well, it's you know? like, well, yeah, the Lions still had Barry Sanders back then, though, didn't they? Yeah, yes, they did. And let me let me tell you real quickly. I was very frustrated at this game. Uh, I, I enjoy it, but I was very frustrated. Why was I frustrated? Because every time Barry Sanders in this game, I don't know what it is, got hurt all the time. <laughs> like every other week, he would. I'd be scared every time they tackled him. Every time, and he. I was playing. During this past couple weeks, I was playing a season on Super Tech Mobile with the Detroit Lions. I played like up to eight games. And Barry Sanders, not kidding, was injured three times where he was taken out of the game and I had to wait for him to come back. And then, and then I put in Tech Mobile 3, Super Tech Mobile 3, and I picked the Lions. Guess what happens on the first game in the first quarter? Barry Sanders goes down. 
I'm like, come on, seriously, what's the deal? I when you were playing this game, did you experience like a lot of injuries on your guys? There are certain guys who I think are more injury prone than others. There's uh, I was hidden. Um, uh, there's hidden stats. There's, all, there's, there's a bunch of hidden stats programmed in the games. There's a hidden stats. The bad games like the same thing. Uh, it's called like durability, uh, like today's terms. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it's called like back then. But um, it just basically means how fragile the guy is. His chances of getting hurt. Because certain like NFL players, I'm sure you can think of like three or four examples right now, are great players if they can stay healthy. You know. And but they, um, and and uh, and I don't remember. I know Sanders missed some time. I don't remember him being super fragile. No, um, he he wasn't a really fragile dude. I mean, the guy, if he didn't retire early, he he would have set records that to this day wouldn't have been touched. Mm. So it was really frustrating. So I don't know. I'm curious, you know, maybe you have some listeners who could chime in. Are, are running backs just susceptible to injury in this game because they touch the ball so much in a, in a single game if you're if you're using a lot of running game? Because I'm sure there's some guys who just, okay, when you play, are you more of a passer a runner, or do you mix? I, I mix mostly because that you know, um, I, I I find the AI tends to home in on you if you if like you call too many plays of the same type. So um, like mixing it up, just like in real life, like it's very important. Uh, just like you know, depending upon the conditions, the conditions, what's going on, like in the game and everything. See, see, I, even though I had Barry Sanders, I mixed too, but I still had that problem. But I'll tell you this: I was playing around and I discovered, uh, you know, in case people have a theory, <laughs> as as you know, in the Tecmo Bowl series, you know, you have a chance to basically guess your opponent's play. And if you guess it perfectly, a blitz is called and everyone zones in at, on that on the person who has the ball. Did you know that the, the computer will actually call the same play twice, uh, guess the same play twice? Because that happened to me because I was like, OK, run to the left. OK, they blitz me. Well, they are not going to call it again. I'll run to the left again. And they blitz me again. I was like, wow, I just learned something. So if you're thinking that you can just, uh, you know, do the same play over and over again, no, it, it might. I don't know how it figures it out. I don't know. It could just be random. Yeah, really. You know, it could just be pick a number one through eight because that's the number of plays on the screen. And it just happens to pick the same number twice. So I don't know. Sometimes, you know, it's interesting as I've listened to like Ferg show, the Atari 2600 game by game podcast and other shows as well. Sometimes you hear uh, find out from the developers that it was just purely random and when you think the computer really knows what you're doing, it's just dumb luck mm. that they constantly get you. Yeah, um, I'm actually going to talk about a, bu- um, a bunch of like bugs, uh, uh, bugs and features, uh, features in the games uh, toward the end of the podcast. But now that you mention it, um, the development of this game, of uh, these games, is interesting uh, because the Tech Mobile franchise is is a long running. I guess technically it's still kind of active. We'll talk about that like toward the end also. Um, uh, Depending on how you count it, there were a total of nine games that were released for the franchise over the years. And what's really interesting about this is that these are these are football games, American football games, that are uh, that were developed and made by Tecmo, a Japanese company. And these games were uh, by all the mm-hmm. games, all, and all these games that were released in Japan as well as North America and nowhere else in the world. I understand that part because, like you know, football has only really recently become popular, popular like outside of the U.S. and Canada. But they, but they sold all these games in Japan too. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean it kind of seems you got Japanese guys making making a game like about the greatest American sport. It almost kind of seems like like you know, like kind yeah, of logical it, there. And do you, do you know how Tecmo got started? Um, as an arcade company, like a lot of other no, companies did. No, no, no. Before that. They sold cleaning supplies. Really? 
they sold clean. They they started in '67. They sold cleaning supplies for a few, a couple years, and then they began selling amusement equipment. And that's how a lot of these Jap- Japanese huh. companies mm. uh, get started. Is they were selling before video games were invented. They were selling mm. just mechanical amusement uh, equipment. So you had this company that started out selling clean supplies, <laughs> making an American football game, which is crazy, because when you look at their games, for the most part, they're not sports oriented. You know, well, they they do have some sport titles, but you, a lot of people know more for, you know, Ninja Gaiden or, or, or Salomon's Key or something like that. Yeah, I'd say like if you mentioned, if, yeah, I'd say, yeah, I'd say that if you mentioned Tecmo or somebody nowadays, they'll probably come back to like either with the Ninja Gaiden franchise, uh, like the Dead or Alive franchise, which is which two franchises that are still active and going, like, going very strong for them these days. But yeah, Tecmo did try a number. Tecmo did try a number of like, number sports games. I, I remember they came out with a baseball game. I remember they had a basketball game. Uh, they probably had one or two other games out there too. Um, but you know, just it just happened. It just happened that they struck gold, uh, like with the like with the football game. Madden, I think, was the same way. Um, both both franchises started by by the company releasing a game that they were kind of expecting might do somewhat well. But then I mean, after they. Uh, uh, but then after the game came out to its smashing success, they were kind of shocked by it, and they realized, well, we, well, like you know, we were, here, we're on something here, so we need to prove upon this flight make a franchise. So, um, very, very interesting, like, uh, um, you know, how these games like actually get developed, developed and whatnot. So, uh, and Tecmo is still around today. Uh, Tecmo merged with a uh, Tecmo merged with merged with a, another Japanese game company. Uh, like uh, Koei, uh, a few years uh, uh, a few years ago. Is that uh, how you say it? Because I always say Koei. I believe I took Japanese in high school. I believe the correct way to say it, uh, like like phonetically, is like Koei. Well, uh, I believe you're in America, so you say Koei. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like the company, the company officially these days, like I'm like the company officially these days, like is known by uh, Koei Tecmo. So. Um, but um, anyway, uh, the 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 Tech Mobile franchise did start out originally as an arcade game. I'm not sure if you knew that, but um, the original... there's, there is an Xbox. I don't have an Xbox, but there's an Xbox collection. If people are interested, yes, a Tecmo collection yep. that has the arcade game on it. Yes, there is. Like it's been released, like it's been released several times. But I don't um, believe that that has the. Uh, they don't. They didn't have the NFL license. If I'm if I'm no, correct. Yeah. No, the, uh, you know, I never saw the arcade game, but I tried it out. Um, oh, I tried it out mainly out of curiosity. The, the arcade game came. The arcade game came out in 1987, and it's a very simplistic version of what you to, to version of what you find what you find later, like in the NES. Um, but like you said, there were no licenses. Uh, there was only two teams that you pick from. And that's it. Um, but the basic gameplay was still there. I mean, in its core, you'd still recognize it was being Tecmo Bowl. But when they when they ported the game to the NES two years later, they made a number of improvements and additions to it, such as like you know having about uh, 20 teams uh, that the game had uh, that, that that the game featured and whatnot. Back in those days, the NFL license was split two ways. Um, the NFL was selling was selling one group of rights separately for the team names and one group of rights separately like for the player names. So the team names already the team names had the, 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 the team names had already been licensed out to the football game uh, LGN's uh, at the name NFL. So mm-hmm. they couldn't they couldn't use the team names, but they did get the player name rights. So the original like the original Tech Bowl does use the players the, the player names, but that's it. 
And so you only have like, you know, like a dozen, a dozen of the best teams in the country uh, that were around like in those days. And no Detroit Lions. Right. I know that much. No New England either for that matter. So just like, you know, uh, just like New York and Denver and Miami and San Francisco and some of the other, the, the, uh, Chicago and like some of the other uh, best teams. So, but they, um, uh, that version of the game did extremely well. It was also ported to the Game Boy. Uh, uh, like it's available on virtual console. It's available on mobile phone. Uh, it, uh, it's probably one of the most one of the most remembered NES games uh, uh, of, of a generation. Uh, I, I, this game in sequel, Super Tecmo Bowl, everybody I knew had a copy of the game. One of these two games, they had it. Uh, the RGR guys have said in their podcast that they really attribute this. One of the one of the successes uh, uh, like the NES uh, to its non-traditional fan base, i.e., sports playing uh, sports playing guys, because it be, because because table bowl games, like how they would go out and buy Nintendo just just this game. I'm not sure how true that is, but it definitely it, it definitely certainly gave the system a shot in the arm, uh, like how the like how popular that it was. Well, it says something that, like I said, I went out of college when I was leaving high school, going to college and visiting a college doing an overnight stay, the guys had a Nintendo with, uh, and they were playing the, the Super Tecmo Bowl. And this is like during the SNES and the 32-bit era is just around the corner. So around that time, it, there are people in college are already playing this before Retro's cool. So it did have some staying power. It's weird because, like I said, I don't know anybody who owned it growing up. And so I don't know how much of a system seller it is. I would definitely say Madden Football was a system seller for the uh, Sega Genesis. And for the, for the Nintendo, I'm going to say that the Mario series was the system seller and, and Zelda, you know, it was the franchises there. But, you know, but still it has some staying power and, and I'm not going to discredit that. You know, there's something about the Tech Mobile series on the NES. We should probably talk about the gameplay here just briefly, just in case those – I endorse the case. Um, I imagine most people listening to this podcast are already sports fans and already have some familiarity with the series, but we probably just – talk about the gameplay a little bit just in case yes you um, have three strikes and if if you get a hat trick which is what <laughs> you want to do you can at that point drop kick the other team's player but you have to make sure that the legal man is tagged in all right and then you got up to a 10 count to rise up and if you do you win well said <laughs> um all take mobile games feature side-scrolling uh, side-scrolling football field left to right um it's it's basically for the most part, it follows the rules of American football, simplified greatly. Uh, it's very like you know, as we mentioned earlier, like it's very like arcade, like like arcade action. Um, you uh, on, uh, on on offense, you can pick from four plays, and it shows you. It's very nicely. The graphics of this game are very very nice. It shows you shows right shows, shows you the shows you like right on the screen the four plays, how the play's supposed to work. Uh, uh, I.e. the diagram to play, and what combination of button, uh, uh, buttons, uh, 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 button, uh, button your pad to select it. This is great because it would be great because it, because it allowed be great because they allowed new newbies, nobody like anybody who never played the game before in their life or even knew, knew anything about football, just come in with you and just like okay, that looks cool, I'll call that, and just like you know go ahead and just like go ahead and run it. And you know like you said earlier, there yeah you have a chance your opponent may may have a guess at what you're calling, but the four plays on screen do kind of randomize a little bit at least to help you out somewhat. So I think it was a compromise. The best they could do really as far as, you know, trying to play against somebody else with like, you know, calling plays, that kind of stuff. So um, they call the play and then if it's a running play, they're, they're running play, the ball is handed off to running back automatically. 
um, and you can throw him in that point where if it's passing play, you have control of the quarterback who will step back automatically, and then you can push a button to change to change what receiver change what receiver to throw to, and then push the other button to throw it. Um, very very simple the simple gameplay like I said. If you're on defense, you can the defense you select your play, and you can also select which player that you yourself control, um, which is great. It's really one of the first for sports games I think that uh, football games that I think that I think that actually allowed you allowed you to do that. So um, there's no penalties in the game. Um, interceptions are very easy to get, especially if you throw to somebody who's covered. Uh, that was I hated doing that as a kid because like you know if you panic and throw to somebody who's covered, you're either gonna see an interception like the ball is batted away. There's no there's no being able to there's no being able to sight the ball to sight the ball to sight the ball in there with like the receiver like there's players an actual football. So uh, the later games put that a little bit, but still not very much. It was still kind of kids to death doing that. Um, well, I will say this. Let me interject this though for people who aren't um, used to the series. There is it's it is kind of weird. First of all, when you're selecting your defensive player, because I was going in and playing it right away, I was a little bit frustrated at first. You can't you can't scroll through your players until a certain count in the snap. Right. Yeah. You you can, so if you're going right away, like I was hammering the A button, like why is that not doing? Why is it? And then all of a sudden it would skip ahead five players because I was hammering so fast. <laughs> you know, because you have to wait. Like there's a if you look at the top of the screen, it's scrolling, and once it's done scrolling, you can select your player. And I believe the computer waits. It won't let the other team snap the ball until you select your player. If if I'm not sure, but I thought that was the case. But once the ball snapped, you have to stick with that guy. You cannot right. switch a player, which might throw some people off who are used to selecting a different player. Mm, right. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. And they, um, um, you know, and it's like, um, you know, and you have some control like over the guy that you're playing, like like an offense defense, like you tone, um, you know, uh, your your move sets, your move sets, your move sets like pretty limited, but you're usually able to sometimes. Uh, sometimes you grapple with somebody, and sometimes you jam the button. Uh, at least it seems to me it helps if you jam the button. Uh, yeah, I think it's it, and it depends. I I'm I mixed up, but it's either the A or B that you're supposed to jam right. on, depending on it. I know on defense, I want to say, I want to say that it's the A button where if you're like a lineman, or if you're grappling with a lineman, you want to push him aside, you hammer the A button. But if you do the B button, you'll do like a sliding tackle if you're right. not already engaged. If you're engaged with somebody, you need to switch buttons because one of my problems was. When I was playing the game, I'd get engaged with alignment, but I want to slide tackle, but it doesn't work. So I end up being the guy on my rear end on the field. <laughs> yeah, that happens. That happens like quite a lot. So, um, so basic rules of football apply here. Like I said, uh, there are, I uh, you know there are field goals that you can kick. Uh, there are like extra points and safeties. Uh, no penalties. Um, so that kind of um, uh, uh, speeds the game up like a little bit. Uh, each quarter lasts five minutes, which is a very good balance. Uh, the Madden games also like also utilize a five minutes a five minute per quarter uh, 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 balance by default. Usually means the usually means a tackle bowl game will last about an hour like an hour like give or take like a little bit. So it's like a quick a pretty quick uh, romp like romp build game and they, um and against the AI uh, scores tend to be somewhat realistic maybe a little bit on the high side. Um, you know, like many times, many times playing the AI, um, the final score would be something like 35, 20 or something like that. Um, against another human player, though, like all bets are off. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. Right. Um, and like, you know, not so much with the first game, but especially with, but especially with, especially later games, uh, the quality of the team, that you, the, the, the quality of the team that you select also comes into play because like, you know, certain players, 
Uh, obviously, 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 by the time you started, started using like real teams, real players, certain teams are going to be better than others. Um, mm-hmm. But it was, but you know, I always found that I always found that a good human player could win, like win with anybody. They could take the most crappy team uh, that, that that was in the NFL that year and uh, go undefeated. Like they were good. Well, and, and so let me interject here. So when I was with my friends, I was the Detroit Lions always. My friend was the Green Bay Packers, one of the better teams. They had Brett Favre, um, real solid team. Your team can make a huge difference, especially in the early games, I yes. believe. Yeah. Uh, you know, so like, I, you know, uh, okay, we have to mention Bo Jackson, right? Because in the <laughs> NES, it was all about if you had Bo Jackson, you could like break the game and just run up the scores. I They fixed, I believe, some of those bugs. There, I don't know that there's a Bo Jackson in this game. I mean, there's, I mean, literally there's no Bo Jackson, but there's not like one player that – you know, running back wise, that will just shred everyone every single time. At least that has been my experience. So we would play this games, and what was great about it was there was a bit of parity just in the fact that, um, well, let's get this out of the way. You can't see the whole screen at the same time. Right. You, you, you're if you if you hike the ball to your quarterback and you're going to throw it to one of your receivers. So the ball gets hiked to your quarterback. You use the A button, I believe, to scroll through the receivers, start at the top, working its way down. But within like three seconds, your your receivers, if they're doing a streak, if they're going straight away, they're off the screen. So you're throwing blindly at them. And it was amazing how many games came down to these Hail Mary passes to a guy off the screen. And you don't know how far, you know, how far they're going to be towards that little X because I when they throw it, you don't really get to control anything until they catch the ball. So you're just waiting to see what happens. And it's real interesting how many games came down to a pass that went off the screen. And I think, I, I don't know about Tech Mobile uh, 3, but the first one, you tended not to do a lot of short passes because the defense was very quick to get to those. <clears throat> kind of depends upon the team also, I think, because, like, you know, like I said, you know, I was usually playing the Patriots, and the Patriots, the Patriots during this time had a good tight end. Well, they have a good tight end now. But they, I know, but they had a good tight end back then, uh, Ben Coates. Uh, and and a bread and butter play for them again back then as it is now is just do a short play like the like short play like the tight end. So I mean I, I was usually able to have pretty good success a, a pretty good success against both the AI and the human player by by doing a passing play. The receivers receivers that would go long, the defense would all like run after them, and the tight end just sitting out there in the flat like 10 15 yards down the field, just up the ball off to him, and you know like you're going to pick up the first down with it. So it kind of depends upon the team. Up that they're, uh, yeah, I guess so. Because what I found was if if you didn't throw the ball right away to the short range guy, forget about it. Because mm-hmm. that that team, now you could still make completions, but it's amazing how quickly those teams will zone in on the ball once it's thrown. If yeah. there's a player in the vicinity. Yes, it is. Yeah, yes, it is. And you know, and you know, the worst thing you want to have is dog power because there's a good chance the ball is like like you know fumbled like that happens and. Yeah, and get you know who who you know who does who fumbles the ball when he doesn't get injured, Barry Sanders. Thanks a lot, Techno. <laughs> you know, I wonder if they had a thing. I don't know if you ever heard the story, but there was a guy who worked on the original NBA Jam. I think he was a Detroit Pistons fan, so good for him. But he would he programmed the game, which was unseen that when the Pistons played the Bulls because they hated the Bulls, the Pistons had an unfair advantage. So I wonder if there's some shenanigans going on in here where people just didn't didn't like Barry Sanders. Like I'll just make him a little bit more injury prone here. No one will ever know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, so as good as Tecmo Bowl was, I, 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 I mean, you know, Tecmo really stepped up the game two years later in, in 1991 when, when Tecmo Super Bowl came out like the system. 
uh, there were a whole number of improvements and improvement additions to, to the game. The first of which was that the, the first of which like the Tekken was able to get the license for both for both the team names and the player rosters now. So you had like all uh, I think the NFL had 28 teams back in those days. Uh, so you had like all 28 teams. By the way, Ferg, is it okay that he says those days or is it just the day? Okay, go on. <laughs> uh, so um, yeah, that was a huge improvement. Uh, you had 22 players, 22 players in the field now. Uh, because they, because by then programs have figured out how to be able to get uh, more like more horsepower out of the NES and uh, uh, that everything. So um, you also had coin tosses, fumbles, which was not so fumbles added, which was not in the original game. Uh, time to avoid 10 second runoffs, but um, um, you know, single season NFL record players uh, expanded expanded and edible playbooks, which was great. Uh, the ability the ability to substitute players. Um, success to players later in the game because their because their health because their health conditions um, improved the improved touchdowns to improve touchdowns to celebrations and halftime shows on and on there were just a, a whole bunch of improvements the improvements that this game made uh, it also it, 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 it also added in uh, three different three different ways to play the game uh, man coach and computer uh, coach was great because like you know coach is basically meant to just like call the players and let them watch it happen. That was great for somebody who didn't know anything about football because it was a great way to just sit in front of the game and be like, okay, all I gotta do is just like look at the play, see which one looks good, call it, that's it. See if you do anything else after that point. So, like for a non video game player, that was great. Uh, it was also a good way to, after do, after do some playbook editing, to find out exactly how well those edited plays would actually do. Before we're actually coming to be, before we're actually coming to them, uh, like in a real game. So, um, yeah, this is the game I owned uh, back then. This is a, this is definitely a game I spent a lot of time playing on, like me and my friends. Definitely, definitely a lot of definitely have a lot of nostalgia for, like this particular game. Now, are you talking about the NES version? Yes, I am. Yeah. I like I never even knew the game ported the Super NES like like years and years later because I never saw it. Right. Welcome to two dudes in a nest, everybody. <laughs> uh, but this all this all applies because Tecmo two years later, and then two years later, like nineteen ninety three, did a straight port of the game like the NES. And I say straight, but I say, when I say straight port, I mean straight port. Yeah, I, I disagree with you there. I know you say that. I disagree with you, man. You got weather now. They fixed some of the bugs. I really like the music. I like the music a lot, and I don't know what it is now. Okay, let's let's take care of the bait. I'm a Sega guy growing up. Which what's better, Genesis or music or Super Nintendo music? The answer is whatever you're whatever you're in the mood for. It's like asking what's better, an orchestra or a rock band. You know, there's different things they can do well, but there's something about this game that really highlighted the Super Nintendo has like this echo reverb effect. Uh, when they play the music, it sounds like the music's being played in like a small room or something. You can hear this echo that, for some reason, this game really brings out to me. And I, when they released the sequels two and three, they took out the music while you were playing, and I missed that. Yeah, I mean, like these games never really had too much with them for music and sound effects anyway. Uh, not until like later on in the series, at least. Um, you pretty much just had like you know short tunes and like you know like. Um, yeah, I short tunes and like you know the audible, the, the audible numbers. It's like the quarterback going like hut 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 hut, uh, like like I like, uh, snap the ball. But but yeah, the Super NES games definitely did the, the Super NES games definitely definitely did improve 
the music and the sound effects. I don't know. I mean, I realize they did a couple improvements to the game, such as like you know the weather. Um, so weather well, effects and, 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 and they updated the roster, of course. Yeah, of course, the graphics are a little bit better. Um, you still have that same. You, you still have that same straight-on overhead view of the uh, uh, overhead view of the football field. Like this one, though. Um, it, it also had the ability to be able to play three seasons in a row, which was nice. But just like I saw so many NES games ported to Super NES, uh, just like you know, straight ports without anything being done to it. I'm just like, why am I going to spend 50, 60 bucks of my hard-earned money buying by buying the exact same game for their third half of the NES? Hey, Greg, welcome to video game football games where, you know, Madden every year, it's like the same thing with a different roster. I mean, that's, I, yeah, but see, that's, that's the thing. I disagree with that strongly years. because, like, you know, I understand that that I, I, because that because that's a common exception, perception for, 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 for people who don't play football games. That all they do every year is just tag on a roster. They do a lot of changes under the hood. You don't really realize that until you actually until you actually play, play the game and can compare it to, compare it to, previous, to previous year's game. There's always I always find major major differences between last year's game and this year's game, and you know this is coming from somebody who spends about 100 hours uh, like, the, like the course of a year like by playing that year's Madden game. But I mean like with this game, technically Super Bowl for the Super NES, they just simply want to get it on the, 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 the system as kind of like a hold me over and then kind of develop a new game for it, which we'll talk about here in a moment. There just wasn't enough new to warrant me to like warrant me buying it. When I first tried it, I'm just like this is it. I'm like, you know, I was expecting like a whole bunch of like a whole bunch of new features. Yeah, well, I can I can understand that, but again, I didn't grow up with uh, the NES version, so I thought it was great. I absolutely dug it, and to this day, I have a tremendous amount of fun with it. I think it's simpler than the sequels. Uh, they really, I mean, basically, you can use other buttons, but it's a two-button game. Mm-hmm. You know, B and A. You can, and I like that. It's, it's right. it keeps it really simple. I like the cartoony sprite-based look of it, and I think that. You know, maybe if you're used to it, if I think what they did, and maybe this is to their fault, is they the the core game is basically identical. You know, the gameplay they just put they put a new paint job on it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think the core. And so, if you're looking for new features, I think maybe I can understand where you're going for for there because <laughs> if, if you put screenshots next to it or videos next to it, there's no comparison, man. There, I mean, it's the Nintendo Entertainment System. They did a great job getting as much out as they could out of <laughs> out of something that was rather limited. Uh, you know, it was the most limited system on the market at the time, as far as what was under the hood. But they they squeezed so much out of it. But the Super Nintendo, on the other hand, was you know they actually put a lot into that. And I actually think that this game looks good, sounds great. I like the music. I you know I would say you know to other people, give it a shot. Yeah, I mean, like, I totally understand, like, where you're coming from, because you had, since before I had the nostalgia for the NES version, you had the nostalgia for the Super NES version. And, you know, even though the, 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 the even though I'd say they didn't, they didn't change very much, you still have a great game, like, no matter how you, to, to, to like, no matter how you slice it. Um, this game, this game, by the way, also, this game, and the, uh, this game, the sequel, also, like, also came out of Genesis, uh, which I think is kind of curious because you had a probably at least two or three other competing could be, could be football games on these platforms. So um, yeah, and as a Sega Genesis owner, I didn't realize it was out. Mm. I I mean, it didn't. But then again, somehow a lot of Super Nintendo people didn't realize it was out. I don't no. know what the deal was yeah. with that. But it, it's 
I've never seen a, a series take such a drop in one generation. Mm. You know, I mean, seriously, people would just stop talking about it. I don't know if it's because they still had their Nintendo. Maybe this was the deal. If you if you had the Nintendo version, you probably still had your Nintendo. So you're having fun playing it. And like you said, maybe it didn't make a big enough deal. Whereas, um, whereas you know, for like the Sega Genesis, you know, you most people didn't have a Master System. So football came out and I don't matter. <laughs> You know, and, and Tecmo, Tecmo was last generation. Sometimes games, they have a hard time. Like, if you say Tecmo Bowl, people think NES, so they don't want to play it on a 16-bit system. Mm. Yeah, definitely. No, I totally agree with you. Um, but uh, Tecmo, te- te- Tecmo was still trying to keep the franchise, the franchise going, though. Uh, the following year, they, the following year, they came out with a proper sequel, uh, which they called Tecmo Super Bowl Two Special Edition, uh, which also came out with Genesis, uh, well Super NES. Um, the major differences, like this one, uh, like was that you also had besides having the updated roster, of course, you also had a preseason feature available. You also had the ability to trade players because um, there, because around this time that the that the NFL rules changed to allow to allow the free agent market to happen. People forget, like in the old days, players were pretty much bound to teams for life. It was really only during the early 90s. Uh, because the, because the strikes that happened and whatnot, that the rules got the, the, the rules got changed to, to, to like about how free agent with the free agent free agent market going on. So uh, this game this game reflects that uh, like had the ability like the ability to be able to trade players. Um, you also have a um, uh, uh, you also have like a, um, um, uh, extra and improved plays. You you, know, you should like have the ability to call like additional plays uh, like offense defense. Rosters have been increased just like 37 players. Um, there are there are also there are also new and improved random random player animations. Mm-hmm. We really didn't talk about this very much in the older games, but every now and then you see like a but every now and then it, like when your guys did, like did a spectacular play, for example, like you did a a a, a, a dive um, a jumping catch like football, for example, uh, or, or like at the quarterback, you'd see a, like short like short animation like that happening. Uh, mm-hmm. this, uh, this game this, this game improved improved. So this game like improved, expanded to uh, improved, expanded on that. Um, there were 16 plays altogether, altogether like the altogether like the uh, altogether like the offense and defensive plays. I, I mentioned earlier that they've been uh, uh, that, they, that they've been that they've been uh, uh, like improved. And yeah, this is really this is this is really what the game should have been in the first place in the Super NES. They, they took advantage of the, of the of the extra processor uh, processor horsepower that was available with the Super NES. They took the basic core gameplay, it's still there, still a great game, and just improved upon it, uh, trying to keep up with the other football games that were on the market at the time. And this is really like a very, very fun game. Uh, you mentioned earlier, you, you mentioned off mic earlier, uh, Phil, that 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 this is that this that this is one game of the system that you didn't have. There's a very good reason for that, um, because according to Nintendo Power, Tech only printed 15,000 15, copies. Which is crazy. So it's like, uh, yeah, I, I saw that earlier, and, and that's just a very limited number. Yeah. And it, maybe this is part of their problem is that for uh, someone like you who is looking for the step up and you make it so limited, that doesn't put a lot of confidence in what you're putting out there if you make it that limited. Because usually when companies put out a limited run, it's because they believe there's a limited marker and they're just trying to recoup some of the money they put in. Why would you ever limit a product? You know, unless it's high end, and this is not a high end product. It's not like we're limiting it to fifteen thousand copies. They'll all have a serial number. They'll be a hundred bucks a piece. It wasn't that. Mm. So I, I don't understand the thinking beyond limiting this. But I'll, I'll say this too: 
Um, something that struck me, because from what I understand, the second and the third are very similar, <coughs> and I'm guessing the plays are the similar. So in the first, in the first uh, Tecmo Super Bowl on the on the SNES, the first one you had eight plays on screen at a time. Mm-hmm. You had uh, four running and four uh, receiving plays. In this one, they basically kept that, but before you selected that, the offense can select a playbook. There's two playbooks, so you basically had 16 plays to choose from. <laughs> and the defense could select a formation if they wanted to be like nickel, dime, or goal line you right. know, before they did that. So it added like a – yeah, so this was great because it added a whole bunch of extra options. Uh, they have options like the offense, and it also made the chances – the chance of your opponent guessing your, uh, guessing your play like a little bit harder also. Um, the viewpoint also changed slightly in this game. As opposed to as opposed to looking at the football field head on, that you had been doing with all the previous games, you're now looking at it more slightly slightly I'm not really sure what to call it, like slanted isometric. It's, it's like a it's a isometric slanted yeah. view. It's still going from left to right, but it looks like that the top of the screen, like if you put a marble on the top of the screen, it would roll down towards you because mm-hmm. the players at the bottom of the screen are closer to you than those on top. So it's a slanted isometric view. Gives it more of a three D feel. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I definitely like think it looks nice. I bet it was like better than the earlier games. Yeah, it looks more realistic. Yeah. You know, it, I think it kind of depends what you're looking for because the the first one looks more cartoony, more in a sense it looks more retro. You know, it's more sprite based. Where the other one, you're starting to see the transition to the slightly more realistic uh, style that you would see in future games. <laughs> I kind of also wonder maybe if the reason the reason for the small print one was that Tecmo really wasn't quite sure what to do with the franchise at like this point because I don't think Super Tecmo Bowl the Super NES sold all that well. They probably they they, they probably were hedging their bets. Um, they probably just didn't really know how popular the game would be. But the game reviewed very very well um, uh, back when it came out. Uh, I found I found a number of magazines about articles 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 that gave it high marks. So I think Tecmo realized that, and they came out the following year in 1995 with with an improved version of this game, which to me is my de facto go-to Tecmo to Tecmo Bowl game to this day, Tecmo Super Bowl Three Final Edition. Um, it, uh, it it just basically took that last game and improved upon it. Uh, the major the, uh, uh, just the major improvements. Well, there really weren't too many improvements like this game. Um, uh, at least, at, at least in the surface, most of the, most of the changes like under the hood. Uh, for example, for example, this kept very detailed detailed stats like every game. Uh, like and also the, uh, like and also the, like and also each team in the league. So for this, for, so this is great for those diehard football football fans who can actually look at the players and crunch the numbers and that kind of stuff and kind of like you know, chart things from like to, from like, game to game season to, season to season that kind of stuff. Um, did you find that when you played because the first the first one keeps stats too maybe not as deep but it still has stats and right. actually you know you 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 know of Shinto Shinto is a guy who does submissions yes. for the twenty six hundred and my podcast Shinto's amazing and he talks about a notebook that he and his brother kept growing up and he a high score binder if you will that he still has to this day my friends and I actually had one of those for, for <laughs> Super Tecmo Bowl as far as who had the most rushing yards in a year, who had the most t- passing touchdowns like that. But I was wondering for you, uh, Greg, when you played this, did you find like me where all of a sudden the guys on your team were headlining every single category? <laughs> uh, yes, I think it's all uh, I think I think I think it's mostly because the players, the players are just simply a better player of the guy, yeah, of the guys, of the guys, and they want to use them better as opposed to the AI. So, 
I, I well, I'm, I'm using the Lions, and the Lions were ruling no matter what. So it's it's like – now, I'll say this too, and I think it's in both editions. There is – I don't want to call it a bug, but there is a play. There's never a bug. It's like this game, yes. It's we're going to get feature. to that. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's one, of those, one of these things where it could actually – if you know how to use it right, unless someone knows how to block it, it can be a game killer. And it's this you, – you pick a lineman, like the one like usually right dead center – if you diagonally go down just a little bit and then hit the B button, he will slide through. And more times out of not, if the if the quarterback is at at the line of scrimmage and not in shotgun, he'll slide through and go right through the line and tackle the uh, quarterback for a sack. I think and, we do, yeah, yeah. I think we do that back in the NES game sometimes also. Not not always, not always 100 percent, but depending upon. By the way, I definitely notice with certain teams, yeah, you get a very high chance of doing that. And, of course, if you have a better defensive guy, and it, it's all – my friend was so good at this. When I played him, I had to get all shotgun plays. I, I had to because there was – and there was, I think there might be a few running plays. And, by the way, if if you're in shotgun, sometimes it's not a good thing to be blitzing the team because sometimes the quarterback has time to throw the ball before you guys can get to him. Just like real life. And yep. it, now it's like – all. so sometimes you don't want to – I found myself not wanting to call shotgun plays. The best plays to blitz on were the plays where they do like these fancy <laughs> flea flicker laterals or whatever. Those are awesome to do because you tackle the guy like 10 yards deep you know, beyond the line of scrimmage. But yeah, it, you got to be aware of that one play, but it also helped me to have Mark Spindler of the Detroit Lions to rack up the sacks like crazy, man. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, uh, uh, so some other, like some other improvements that they made, uh, they also added a, they also added, they also added an, an, an they added like an editor that allowed you to, to an editor that allowed you to, uh, that, that allowed you to change players. They can also, they can also, they can also to create your own player. Uh, so it was nice. Um, different, different same types were used the first time. So you could play like in grass field, uh, indoor astroturf, um, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, you also had a, uh, the fake extra point option was added, which I was able to use sometimes to great success with my friends. Uh, and this is also the first year in which the in which the Jag, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Carolina Panthers like in the league. So like, and, so, and it's the first time you can use a two point conversion, I believe. I believe you're right. Yes, I think it is. I think it is. Because in the other game, and we didn't really say it, but in the other game, you know, you can only do extra points and field goals. You can't do a two-point conversion. Mm -hmm. And when you do a kick, by the way, it's very simple. There's a little arrow that goes up and down, and you just have to kind of basically stop it in between the hash marks uh, before someone gets to your kicker. Yes, like in that range of error is pretty generous. I mean, like in more. How many times did you kick a field goal and it bounced off the uprights or the opposing? I've never seen so many balls hit the upright going in as a field goal. Yes, definitely. So, and you know, and you know, you were able to kick from a distance out too. I mean, like, but pretty reliably. So uh, that was also great. Um, so yeah, this is this to me is the final culmination of the series. I, I really have a lot of nostalgia for the NES games. I, I, I fight for the heck out of them. But but this but this is the first type of this is the first this is the first this is the first Tecmo Bowl game I bought since the since the, uh, since Super Tecmo Bowl uh, for the NES and, and I played the living crap out of this one. Uh, I really spent a lot of time on it. Probably for the next 
I mean, like, you know, I was playing Madden there every now and then, but I didn't really switch over entirely to Madden until about, like, 97 or so. Uh, I mean, I was in college uh, like that point, and so you know, Madden Madden became one of the go-to uh, a go-to go-to games like everybody just to get the gather around. What, what, what system would it be if it went in college? What system did you switch to Madden to? PlayStation mostly, which yeah. which had its flaws, but it was still like it, it definitely had it definitely had its that had its flaws. Um, you know, but against another player, but you don't care as much because you're going against like somebody else. Yeah, so. even a bad sport game can be good if it's two humans. Right. So, um, speaking about PlayStation, Tecmo Bowl did continue for a while after this. Uh, they came out, um, uh, the franchise, the franchise continued, the continued, the continued the following year, 96, uh, on the PlayStation. Uh, um, I never played that game, uh, played that game back then. I never even heard about it. Uh, but you said earlier, Phil, that you thought it was a terrible game. I, I did. Well, I won't say terrible, but he... Okay, um, I like the Tech Mobile series for its cartooniness and arcade qualities, okay? To me, the pinnacle is the original on the Super Nintendo. I know you disagree, and I think it's great. I, if you follow any of my shows, I think it's great when people disagree, because what fun would it be if we all agreed on games, right? <laughs> There'd be a little discussion. We'd just be like, uh, Super Mario Brothers 3, what do you think? Great, 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 pass. Okay, next game. You know, <laughs> that would be all our discussion. So I think it's great when we disagree. But the PlayStation version is typically trash. And here's what I, playing this week, here's what I noticed. When I went from the first one to three, it added more realism. And I think that's a mistake for the Tecmo series because it was arcadey. When they went to the PlayStation, it was even more realistic. It almost looked like a sideways uh, John Madden football. Now, I didn't spend a lot of time with it. My friends had it on the PlayStation, but it should tell you something that we barely played that one and would still go back to the Super (laughs) Nintendo version. One interesting aspect, I believe, of the PlayStation version is you can switch the view. So if you want to play it like a Madden game, you can. Yes. Yep. So you can you can switch the view around, and it, again, it's you know the guys are looking even more realistic. But it's just like, if I want a realistic football game, I'm going to play Madden. If I want to have arcadey fun, I'm going to play um, Super Tecmo Bowl. By the way, am I the only one who thinks that they should have just called it Super Tecmo Super Bowl? <laughs> The names are, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the names are a little confusing. Because at the time, because they, <laughs> they they would later on they would have Tecmo Super NBA or whatever and other Tecmo Super games, but it, you know, you know, at the time every game was, you know, uh, had the Super in front of it when it came to the when it came to the SNES. So it's it's interesting because they they shared the same name, but uh, I, I'll I'll tell I'll say this too. So the PlayStation One was kind of the nail in the coffin. Was the that was the death sentence for it? People just stopped caring. They were like, "If I want to play realistic football, I'm going to play I'm going to play John Madden." And Tecmo realized that uh, because the later games, the to later games, of the franchise uh, definitely. Uh, I definitely like have gone back to the roots as far as being like, you know, like a pure like arcade game. We'll talk about those in a moment here. Uh, I just want to talk about talk about talk about here before we loop, here before we move on past the Super NES game. Some of those some of those uh, cheats cheats bugs and glitches that I, that I mentioned earlier. Um, I specifically found the I, I specifically found a listing a listing of this of the a listing of these of these online. They all they all pertain to the number three game. But they do mention that a lot of these were present, like present, like the early games also. And a couple of these, I definitely remember having experience myself uh, back then. Um, there is a um, uh, like one of the bugs is that you know um, if the um, uh, like running on the sidelines, it's like the player leaps, he's on that. 
like that Mac is like like that Mac the like to be like out of bounds. So uh, another another bug is that it, another bug is that if a player picks up picks up a fumble too quickly, he becomes that team's player. Uh, like for example, if a Broncos player picks if it picks a fumble up like up too quickly, like the Falcons, he suddenly like, becomes a member. Oh, like the Falcons, which is like pretty funny. So, um, if the player selects change while the other team does a two-point conversion, the game freezes uh, because it wasn't step. It wasn't. Um, I guess the programmer wasn't 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 expecting to do that. Um, if the player switches player, um, and then the and the biggest one one I ran into myself, if the player wins three the, the player wins three Super Bowls in a row against the CPU, like the same team. Uh, the Hall, of, the Hall of Fame players appear in the free agent section, which is a nice touch. Uh, but when you try to sign a free agent player, the game eventually freezes up. Like all the players in trade mode become Jim Kelly. <laughs> 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 I flip my lid when the those happened to be back then. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, and the only way to fix it is to reset the rosters. So there goes all your work. So, oh my goodness! Yeah. <laughs> By the way, speaking of resetting rosters, did you ever? Um, you played the third, but did you ever? either substitute a guy who didn't have the skills because in real life you liked him more, or did you ever trade just because you liked a certain <laughs> guy, not just because of his skills? Uh, I wouldn't usually do that. Um, I, I, I'm pretty good. Even, like even this day, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Uh, pretty good about, uh, pretty good at like, about sticking to actual rosters, uh, at least in the first couple of seasons. Once the, once they get further into franchise mode, of course, I like, get all bets are off, but you know, um, there are certain players I favor, uh, I may elevate somebody, uh, 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 both for both, both Tampa Bowl and, and Madden games. I'll, I'll swap, I'll swap the depth chart around to kind of like to, 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 to give more playing time to guys to, to, to playing time to guys that guys I favor. Um, but that could, uh, but that could be tricky too because like you know I remember, I remember back in 2001 when the Patriots got very very lucky uh, that year. Uh, by having like Brady come in for coming out the bench and well, uh, the 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 when win Super Bowl that year, uh, I wanted to play uh, with Brady on that year's Madden, and he and he's there on the roster, but his stats sucked. His stats were all the way like down the 60s, because the programmers because the programmers didn't really envision this guy doing what he did basically. So it's like you know, I had to wait. It's just like I had to wait just like the following year. Uh, for like like them to come out with the new the, the new game to, to change that and there and can I remember can I remember seeing that like a couple of times like the Super Bowl games too. Yeah, yeah. Well, what, for me, it was on the Detroit Lions. It was a receiver called Brett Perriman, who was uh, their second receiver to Herman Moore. Herman Moore was like a workhorse. He I remember he, him. Yeah, great guy. He, yeah, he is one of the most unheralded wide receivers because he and Jerry Rice. He was neck and neck with Jerry Rice in a sense for quite a few seasons there. He was like the number two, but Jerry Rice's shadow is so big that I overtook him. <laughs> but I would I would re-edit my roster to put Brett Perriman as the number two over Willie Green because I just liked him, and he did a good job for me. He, he rewarded me just fine for doing that, even though the stats didn't say he would. So I, I did that a little bit from time to time when I wanted to get certain guys in. It, it was fun. But you talk about glitches. Can I tell you two glitches that, I, that happened to me during this week? Sure. Uh, now, I was playing on real hardware, and so there's also a glitch in these games. They have these things called batteries in them. And the batteries that save your seasons can die, especially the this old, you know, because these games 
are so many years old, over a decade old, and, and the batteries sometimes go. They are replaceable if you have the know-how what to do, but it's not the easiest thing. It's not like replacing batteries in a flashlight. So first of all, I found out that when I popped in Tecmo Super Bowl three that nothing was saved. Nothing from, and I, it's been a couple of years since I played it, but nothing was saved. Let me tell you what happened with with the original Super Tecmo. <laughs> and this is something that if you were a retro gamer, you might get a kick out of this. I was eight games into the season. All right. I'm with my lines. I'm doing fairly well. I've lost one or two games. I'm number one in my division. I'm showing the Green Bay Packers who's boss. And I'm playing a game. And uh, I throw the ball and it gets intercepted. The moment the interception's bad enough, the moment it got intercepted, my screen went white. The game froze, made some weird, funky sounds. I turned it off. When I turned it back on, my whole season was wiped out. All Ugh. the memory was gone. Yeah. I was like, oh, seriously? Oh, because I was really getting into it, man. I wanted to go all the way to the playoffs, but oh, that, that killed it. That killed it. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, so you mentioned two glitches? That was your second one? My second one was him catching the ball and it glitching out the battery. Oh, the glitch okay, was yeah. just the fact okay. that the battery was dead. It wasn't yeah. a glitch. But it's interesting that it sounds like the third one had more glitches than the first. I think it did, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. unfortunately, as you as you probably like know all too well, the more complicated the game, uh, the more chances for things to happen. So, But, uh, but uh, yeah, so... Um, the, the later the later release Tecmo Bowl games were definitely not noticed as much as the Super NES games um, because I remember num- I remember like number three still uh, number three still pretty well for the system I, I know a lot of people like we had it uh, Madden wasn't the powerhouse back then yet uh, that it became and the game did very well but Tecmo kind of squandered that uh, after the after this point PlayStation game they pretty much ge- they pretty much gave it up for several years um, there was um, uh, there was a re-release of the original NES game for mobile phones back 2003. Uh, there was a, uh, a Tecmo Classic Arcade Collection. This is the one that you mentioned earlier, Phil. Uh, and, and by the way, none of these none of these have the NFL license because you know correct. Electronic yep. Arts now has a monopoly on that. Yes. Yep. Yep. Correct. So Tecmo Classic Arcade for 2005 by the Xbox uh, had the arcade game on there. Uh, Tecmo Bowl has also been released for the Virtual Console. Um, there have been two. There have been two newish Tecmo Bowl games made, which are very, very good, I think. Like, I own both games. Tecmo Bowl Kickoff came off the, came off the DS in 2008. Uh, it, really, it, like, it really feels like it, it really feels like a classic, the classic NES Tecmo Bowl game. Just like a, I know, just like it was just, just you know, shrunk down to playable version. Um, it looks like a 16-bit game. It plays like one. Uh, it doesn't have the license, of course, just like you said. Um, but basically, just kind of like, just like a very nice, very good portable, like portable handheld game. Uh, like, uh, uh, like and the you can and you can edit it. You yes. can edit the teams to yep. turn it into like a pseudo NFL game if right. you want. Exactly. And and the last game, the most recent game released for the franchise with for, 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 for the for the franchise was franchise was Tecmo Bowl Throwback, uh, which is a downloadable only game. Uh, released for the Xbox on uh, um, uh, released Xbox Live PlayStation Network 2010. Uh, this game's nice because, like you know, it because it gives you two play because it gives you two 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 game modes to play in. You can you know, play in the modern look, uh, the modern the the um uh, the modern skin and interface for it, or you can go back to retro style and 
to where it looks like very close to like 16-bit Super NES uh, Tecmo Bowl game. So, uh, so, so it's very nice that you have a choice to, to, to have the choice to be able to play like you know which mode you want to play it in. So um, if you have either if, 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 if you have the means, uh, I really recommend this game. It's kind of uh, um, you know for like you know if you, if you want to have more kind of modern uh, tech mobile game for your system, and you want to like play online because it also supports like you know online play obviously. So um, uh, it's like it's a great way to play against somebody across the country like whatnot. So both these games are very very good. I think it's kind of like you know like more modern tech mobile games. Um, so, and, you know, this was, I'm not counting the franchise dead. I mean, like, you know, there very well could be a Tecmo Bowl game coming out to, to, to uh, again at some point in the future. Uh, so, you know, like, who knows? So, You know what I wouldn't be surprised? And this is just uh, random thinking. Because the problem is that Electronic Arts has a monopoly on, on the license. And the Tecmo we know growing up is not really Tecmo anymore. It's kind of Tecmo in name only because... It's not like they have the same developers. They have the rights to make a Tecmo Bowl, but they don't. It's not the same people. Sure. But not, not, they, not that they can't find <laughs> qualified people. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point John Madden Football releases a version, a collector's edition or something, that has a Tecmo-style version to it. I, I'm, I'm not saying they're going to, but if it happens, you, you heard it here first. Mm. Yeah, Definitely. So uh, there are several there are several uh, codes present like in the games. Uh, well, at least well, at least well, at least one and three. I, I couldn't find anything for two, unfortunately. But um, for Super Tecmo Bowl for Super NES, you can do a sound test by pushing the L and R buttons at the same time at the same time on the title screen. Um, there's also there's also one here called Easy Defense, and this kind of, and and this sounds interesting. I wish I had. I, I've not had a chance to play around to play, play around with this myself, but I'm kind of curious to curious to see how well it works. Uh, the sheet for this is when you're on defense. Um, oh, this is actually what you talked about earlier, Phil. Uh, um, uh, the nose tackle, who's the middleman on the defensive line, uh, hold down right on the the, the hold down right uh, on the D-pad, and as soon as the ball is snapped, press B. You shoot across the line right away, and it, right away, bam! Instant sack the like instant the guy the Another guy to football. So I, th- I think it's the same cheat we were talking about earlier. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, but we didn't need Super Nintendo to tell us. You just figured it out. <laughs> but uh, or, or Nintendo Power, I'm sorry. Yeah. Tecmo Bowl 3 has, a, a two, ha- has two Easter eggs. Um, if you beat the Super Bowl three times in a row of the same team, then you'll get the credits. They, they lost like a special ending. And if you... Um, I, 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 um, and if you also go into the fourth season after that point with trade mode on, you'll be able to sign Hall of Fame, like Hall of Fame players, just like which is great. So, um, let's talk pricing. I'm sure you know how expensive Super NES games are, like right now, like online. Um, yeah, it's crazy, dude. It, it, that is, <laughs> I don't know how anyone would get into Super Nintendo collecting, especially if you're one of those crazy people who wants to have everything complete. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, the, I mean, those boxes were <laughs> not meant to be. To, to last. Well, the good news is that because these are sports games, you can get number one and three for pretty cheap prices. Um, I found I, I um uh I found with the first game and all these prices include shipping. The first game, if you have the first game, if you want cart only, that would be from a four like four twenty two bucks. Uh, not bad. Um, I mean, you can stab it for like you know five or five you're lucky. So, um, CIB starts the CIB starts. It starts 15 bucks, going up as high as like $43. So again, if you want a complete copy, 
not really that bad. Uh, there was even steel copies, a steel copy store online uh, uh, that the game for my 40 bucks. So, uh, Tech Super Bowl 3 reflects pretty much the same pricing. Uh, cart goes anywhere from six to six seventy-five to twenty-four dollars. CIB goes anywhere from sixteen to forty-four dollars, with CIB for eighty bucks. So again, if, if you're a collector, you can get those two games without really, without really breaking the bank. Um, Tekken Super Bowl Two, however, because of the small print run, that's where you get a pony up. Uh, CIB copies for that game like anywhere from twenty-six to forty to twenty-six to forty-eight dollars. And if you want CIB, that uh, CIB that running fifty-five to seventy bucks. So for a sports game, that's crazy. Like they mm-hmm. have, like have games, like they have games sell, they have games sell for that much. So, but again, small print run. Like, if, 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 and it was always something that was going around. So, you know, this, um, uh, um, so like Super NES collector, this is this is one of the games, one of the games to keep an eye out for, definitely. Do, do you rank your games or rate them at the end? Not usually. Um, well, guess what? I'm here today, so <laughs> I'm going to impose my system from the Atari 7800 Game by Game podcast. How many games were made for the Super Nintendo in America? <clears throat> uh, around like around 800. Around 800. Yes. Okay, so I do this thing on my um, on my show, the Atari 7800 Game by Game podcast, the greatest Atari 7800 dedicated pos- podcast in the universe today. I do this thing where we rate games on a four four different rating scale. The top rating is a Hall of Fame game. Now, for me, that's a top five game on the system because that will put it in the top 10%. So let's say for, for the Super Nintendo, let's make it a top 30 game on the system would be a Hall of Fame game because there's so many more to choose from. Sure. Okay. And then next would be Salad. <laughs> a Salad game is what, like it sounds, it's just a Salad game for the system. After that comes Meh, which means it doesn't really excite you. It's not the worst game ever. And then... A trash game, which for the system would be a bottom 30 game on the system. It's better used as a doorstop. Given these uh, ratings, Greg, what would you rate the original Super Tecmo Bowl on the Super Nintendo and the third edition, final edition, on the Super Nintendo? Well, for both for the original game and also for number two, uh, I mean, I would say both games, uh, both of the games are solid. Uh, for number three, I'd say it's Hall of Fame just because of how much I love it. Right, and it's really interesting because I'm the opposite. I would give three a solid edition, and I would give the first one a Hall of Fame rating. And I, I'm I'm a little bit proven right here. You want to know how I say that? I went to Moby Games. The average rating on the five-point <laughs> scale for the third edition is a 3.7. The average rating for the first one is a 4.0 on a five-point scale. So Interesting. It's, it, they're very close, and I think it depends what you're looking at. I would say people should try both. Mm. You know what, actually, too, I would say, too, is this. Watch video of both. Watch yeah. video of both to give you an idea of what you're looking at. Because I think because they feel a little different from each other. They really do. They do, yes. Uh, I mean, the core gameplay is still the same, but it's just like you know, so many small tweaks and changes and upgrades and that kind of stuff that I kind of said so really, so, so many places that it really does really feel like a different game. Yeah, and, I, and it might also be because, you know, it sounds like you like a little bit more of the meat that was added to the third, where I like the simplicity of the first. 
Whereas you know, third that, game is still very like arcade action though. I think yeah, it's, it's more it's more than Madden and more yeah. than what what a Madden is. It still has the arcade feel. I just like the fact that it was just pick up and play, and I liked a lot. I even I thought it was <laughs> to me it was more retro because of the sprites. Hmm. You know, it looked more retro to me, and I I dug that. But yeah, I'd say to I think both of these games can be a recommended game, and they're both fairly cheap. You know, so I'd say check out some videos, and if you want to go on eBay, you know, check, you know, get, find a copy in the lot, mm. you know, or or maybe even find two because I've seen these games paired together on eBay, yeah. the first and the third. If you buy both of them, pick which one you want and sell the other one. If you get a good price, you might even make your money back. Yep, and no matter which game you pick up, like, pick the, yeah, yeah, yeah. No matter which game you pick up, I'd always recommend checking out, uh, checking out. Uh, uh, I'm checking out the newer games also. I uh, you know like um, uh, because I think that both the um, uh, kickoff and throwback also have their own charm, play of charm to it. Yeah, um, I've been tempted to get the DS version. I've never played it, but I've been I've been tempted to do it. I mean, the last game out came the last game came out in 2010, so it doesn't look likely that we're going to see a Tecmo Bowl game anytime soon. But you never know. I would love it if EA made a deal to do an official one mm-hmm. with uh, the license. Well, we don't count the re-releases. We didn't get a new table. Uh, I know there were new, uh, there were new, uh, there were new, there were no, there were no new Tecmo Bowl games, games from 1996 to 2008. Like we don't count the re-releases. So that's 12 years. So never say never. Yeah. Okay. So we'll we'll be back in 2022 with the next <laughs> Tecmo Bowl game. Because you know I think there's still a market for this kind of game out there. I mean, like you know, the Madden games are great, but you know, like we talk about this podcast. These these games are perfect for pick up and play arcade style, just fun romping football game. You don't have to be a good, uh, like you don't have to be um, uh, a guru when it comes to football. Like you don't, like you don't, like they don't even really need to be to play video games that much. You can simply pick up a pick, you pick up the games, play and have fun. Um, if if somehow Tecmo could get the license again and make it an online game, styled as the Nintendo Super Nintendo games. I think they can make a killing because I mean, you've seen the. Com- I mean, when you Google it, there's such a huge community that still plays the game modded yep. with updated rosters. Yep. If there was an official one, I think it would just make money hand over fist. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Definitely, it, it's kind of unfortunate, but uh, well, you know, that's how the market is these days. Like, it's been a lot more, a lot more competitive, a lot more condensed. And Tecmo, with their financial troubles, which is why they had to merge with Kui in the first place. Uh, I, I'm not sure if they had the financial, the financial, um, the financial muscle to try to try this anymore. They're pretty much they're pretty much sticking to their two try two franchises of Ninja Gaiden and, and, and Dead or Alive because they know because those games they're gonna make money. Going off going off in this market again, going going against EA, that could be that the, that could end very very badly for them. So do you know who almost uh, took over Tecmo before uh, Koi merged with them? Mm, I probably heard about it back then, but I can't remember like right now. Okay, well, if they if they would have merged, if they would have kept the name, we'd be talking about games made by Square Enix Tecmo. Oh, interesting. Square, Square Enix uh, <laughs> tried to do a friendly takeover where they bought like 30% of the stock, mm-hmm. but Tecmo said no and ended up merging with, merging with Koi instead. Who knows if that would have made a difference, really? Yeah, because you know, once, yeah. once you merge uh, and when you're in the problems you are, you're basically surrendering surrendering your rights of what your games are. And 
the wise business person is going to do probably what exactly what Coy did and just say, we need to focus on the money makers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, um, but yeah, you know, just kind of finish the podcast, like I made a thought, you know, but you know how we're talking about how to start a market for this game. Um, you know, like indie developers, like indie games, get on it. There's got to be, there's got to be something out there where the programming talent, like do a game, release it on Steam that kind of looks and plays like an old style mobile game. Yeah, with some sort of patches or, or some community where you can release unofficial roster edits because you can't do it yourself. You exactly. know, exactly. Right. But yeah. and especially if it plays online and stuff like that, man. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's sad. It, it, this is such a weird franchise to look at because I think the pinnacle was the last one on the Nintendo as far as probably popularity and sales go. And you could see kind of the quality rise, but man, did it. It took a hit when the 16-bit generation came. Then when the PlayStation generation came, it was one more and done, basically. And it's so sad. I, I can't really think of too many other franchises that that happened to. But I would say Tecmo Super Bowl, the series on the Super Nintendo, is just about as good as you can get for a sports title. Absolutely, yes. I mean, like, you know, I think that, yeah, because it... Yeah, because like I said earlier, this is this is the this is this is probably one of the only two super the super Nintendo sports games that actually go back to play still these days, um, just because of how good that it was, and you know, um, so uh, just like just like you know, it really just how much of that was nostalgia based upon based upon based upon experiences by like NES games, eh, I'm sure I'm sure that has something that has to do with it, but even but even if I didn't have that luggage, I'd still say this is an awesome game. Yeah, the only other sport game I can think of that I, I would play again is Super Tennis, which I think is underrated. Super Tennis Super, is yeah yeah Super Tennis is fun. I just think that the later the later versions that came out for the uh, the, the later version of the game that came out for the DS and whatnot kind of like improved that like much much better. So and and also there was a bowling game that was pretty good too. Oh I can't yeah, remember what it said, that's but there right. was this, there was a bowling game and, and the title's eluding me, but I remember like the characters are very cartoony and. And, uh, you know, you get the turkeys, the three strikes in the row. And that it might have been like Super Bowling because it's a Super <laughs> Nintendo. But, no, there was a bowling game that, that would still hold up today as well. But, yeah, sports games on the Super Nintendo. You go to um, you go to a thrift store, and if they have Sega Genesis games, you're going to see like 100 copies of Madden. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you have a Super Nintendo, you're not going to see the same glut of sport games, hmm. you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a lot of sports games. I, uh, there's a lot of sports games in the system that I – that I definitely played a lot of and enjoyed back then. For example, like in baseball games, uh, Super uh, Super RBI Baseball and Ken Griffey Jr., uh, I spent a lot of time playing those two games. But I wouldn't go back to them now just because the baseball games have improved so much like since then. Yeah, and I remember enjoying the NCAA basketball game. Oh, yes, that one it too, was like, yeah. It was like a 3D, that, you know, they used the Mode 7. It was right, like their, yeah. bare bones 3D arena game. I remember being fascinated by the technology. I'm going to guess that, the, that it doesn't hold up as well today. But at the time, I was fascinated. I believe they used the same technology on Slapshot Hockey. Mm. They tried to do the, the do that as well. Right. But I can't I can't really think of too many other sport titles that I would play. You know, NBA Jam. Yeah, I'd play that. You yeah. know, it's good on the Genesis too. They're almost equals. <coughs> yeah, it's it's a shame. The Super Nintendo was made for more of the strategy type simulation games. I would say. So uh, it's it so you know the sport titles. There's not a lot to as far as like the. Uh, legitimate sport titles out you know the wrestling games are wrestling games there's some fun i guess in those and and the and the uh punch out game but i don't consider that i consider that more of a strategy game that's a game of boss battles that's what that is <laughs> but uh yeah 
Sorry, I'm just rambling. Let me hijack your podcast for a second. I wanted to ask you something. Your very first episode, you talked about how you grew up, your mom owned a rental shop. Managed. And uh, managed, that's right. And you um, you had a, you, you said, if I remember, if I'm remembering correctly, that you had input sometimes on game selections. Like she'd ask you what game should they order. Yeah, yes. So I wanted to ask you, and it doesn't have to be Super Nintendo, but was there ever like a game or two you remember like you it's like i called it we ordered it and made a ton of money or was there other there or was there a game that you just totally missed on like either you called it and it ended up not being successful or like you looked over a street fighter 2 and how could you look over that you know is there anything like that where like big successes or big uh, failures when you called those <sighs> well um i have to uh I'm, I'm sure I probably I'm sure I probably come up with some different answers. Like I've actually I've actually thought about this for a while, but on the spot, I'd say that I'd say that certain certain I, I'd say that you know I I mean I've always been a big strategy simulation gamer, so you know I ate up games for the NES like you know Silent Service and Pirates, which uh, which were which are some of my favorites my favorites. Um, they rented the store. They may not have rented as well as I wanted them to, because I kind of felt that they were like you know great, a great, a great conversions of like the computer games that didn't get the appreciation that they that they should have. But you know I, but you know I always wish those games had had like rented more. But they're um you know but still thought they were very very uh, they, like very solid games. Um, a Steinax. I talked about that game on Two Dudes in an NES uh, podcast a couple months ago. Uh, that came out of left field. I was not expecting that game to be as fun as it was, and I totally loved it. And that game rented, but that game rented like very, very well. Um, the um, the Mega Man games we knew, of course, would always like rent very well. Ninja Gaiden games like rent very well. Uh, Tech Mobile, obviously, like rent like very well. Uh, any of the established franchises, like the Mario games, Ninja Gaiden, um, the, uh, that kind of stuff. Really, really, really like strong rentals. Um, stuff that didn't really rent all that well was more of the was more of the cerebral stuff. Like it, like I mentioned, the strategy, the strategy, the strategy simulation stuff. Um, uh, I remember um, uh, uh, later on in the system's life, uh, games like you know, like King's Quest V, um, uh, 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 which was excellent port for the NES. I thought uh, didn't really rent all that well because it was again just like you know, like uh, like an adventure game. Most kids playing the system, the system back then really weren't really were interested, just like that kind of stuff. So uh, it's definitely interesting to look at the trends for those games as to how they compared what people thought of them then as versus now, because a lot of because a lot of because a lot of because a lot of gems that people people love now, they were just too young to appreciate to appreciate fully back then. I think. What 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 systems did the store rent for? Originally NES, then in uh, then in, uh, then. In, uh, then in 1991, we jumped on to Genesis and Super NES as well. All right. Did you recognize, was there a winner in your store as far as Genesis and Super Nin- uh, Nintendo, as far as rentals go? Super NES rented a little bit better because there weren't as many places renting Super NES games at first. Uh, yeah, especially if you're, because it, it was a little bit later. It came exactly. out. Exactly. Like, Two years uh, later, you know, after Genesis did. So The Genesis really had a foothold for a while that eventually they lost. But yeah. It, it was very – when I grew up, I remember going to a rental store, and uh, they would have a deal where you'd rent two and get one free. So every weekend, I'd rent three games for my Sega Genesis. And I, I'll tell you about those simulation games. I enjoyed simulation games, but I never wanted to rent them because I knew that how much time they took. 
And I'm like, what's the point if I save my game, go back later, and it's gone? Yeah, RPGs is like the same thing. Like, uh, like for me also, uh, the Dragon Warrior games rented like rented well, but I don't think anybody actually they actually they they actually get like very far in them. <laughs> yeah, if, if you listen to the podcast and you ever beat a uh, like a multi-hour game that used battery saves like ten hours or more, ten to twenty hours to forty hours from a rental. Let Greg know. That'd be interesting. That'd be I. I would be fascinated to find out if somebody I actually, actually, I actually rented. I, I actually, I actually did that myself with Dragon Warrior Four because that was. Yeah, but you had access to the store. No, know? not from the store. Oh, we, really? We had problems. Uh, um, uh, toward the end of the NES's life, we, we were still, you know, we were still renting and buying and buying NES games from the store. But by that time period, ninety three, ninety four, it was harder to. It was hard to find. It was hard to find companies to come the companies to order companies to order the games from. So we had to wait a little bit longer uh, and you know shop around for better prices to get those games in the store. So Dragon Ball Four when it came out, I had to go to another another like, a, like another local store and just rent Trader. It, and just rent it for like uh, well this was like well, this was a video game rental store. They didn't do anything with like you know the uh, movies and things movies and things like that. Really, um, I've never yeah. heard of that before. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, great prices too. Uh, like one week rental, like five bucks. Wow, that's really cool. So I rented, I rented, like rented, like rented Dragon Warrior Four uh, for like three weeks in a row to beat the game. And that's a pretty good deal because fifteen bucks. Okay, my hang on for my the noise I'm making. Tecmo Super Bowl. I have the copy in my hand. What video store do you think it came from? Blockbuster. Let's see. Super. Is it duper the 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 side? It has one of those annoying silver tabs on it. <laughs> that where if you broke the tab, you know, for whatever reason, oh, did yeah. anyone ever break the tabs? Did you have guys have tabs, stickers, or whatever? No, we didn't bother with that. Because I'm like, who's seriously going to do that? I think it's super duper VII, so super duper seven from some city in California. It's worn off. I have a game somewhere that has. I, I want to say. Um, Hollywood video like stamped into the back like like they had some sort of a metal that they heated up and they branded it you know it wasn't a sticker it was like branded that was really interesting we used we used the store pretty simple uh, like a pretty simple pretty simple a pretty simple uh, white label and this is like the name of the store on it that you um, you know uh, uh, you could easily peel it off peel it off like about too much hassle like about I mean like like leaving a mark but we never really had the game stolen uh, maybe once or twice, but um, just that uh, I don't, don't remember that like being a problem. Yeah, yeah. I think I think your your story of being uh, having access to a rental store is like a lot of kids' dreams. Movies too. Like don't forget the movies. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. But uh, yeah, definitely a lot of fond memories. A lot of. A lot of luck being able to do that because they did, uh, 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 you know, but you know, mostly with the NES, not so much with the Super NES because like you know, I was in college, but uh, I college, uh, uh, because I went to college in ninety, uh, the college in the fall of ninety four, so I lost access to the uh, the access to that the access that, 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 that at that point, but so mostly for the NES days, but uh, yeah, I was able to avoid a lot of stinkers just because of the fact that I had played the game first, and I'm like, yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> Yeah, I became the master of, of of beating games in three days. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, uh, uh, I I really want to thank you very much again for being on the podcast. Uh, like me, Phil, it was great. Um, maybe we'll get you back at some point in the future. I, I know there's another like you know game that you and I talked about before off mic that you're a big fan of, and uh, 
and would be fun to have you back on and back up back on again for that game in several months because like I'm be I mean I to be that one spilled now but um you know but I'm also like a big fan that. Well, I'll I'll tell you what, Greg, you you really got me when you poisoned my double quarter pounder with cheese <laughs> and knocked me out because I didn't see that coming. You know the Wiley Coyote Roadrunner. If you would have <laughs> just poisoned the bird seed, you know he never thought of that. But you, so I give you kudos for that. So I guess it depends on your ingenuity. Well, I thought you jumped at the chance to come on a podcast, like podcast to podcast, like talking about a more popular system. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When are we going to do that? <laughs> Uh, oh, I, I kid the Super Nintendo. The Super Nintendo's great. But uh, so, uh, yeah, so uh, you can find the podcast on Facebook. Uh, we're also on iTunes and Stitcher. Um, we're in the process of setting up a new podcast site, which I'll be, I, I should be going online in like a couple of weeks for a hosting service. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm not sure what game we're going to be covering after this because we're, we're, point, we're actually sitting on this episode for an episode for like about a month or so to release it closer to close the actual start of football season. So I don't know what we're going to be covering next. So just kind of uh, stay tuned to the Facebook page um, uh, for updates on that. Yeah, because uh, he figures after about a month, the kidnapping charges will be dropped. So, you know, <laughs> if he waits long enough. Uh, but, uh, yeah, definitely. So uh, it's certainly been great talking about some definitely great talking, talking about some great football games with you as opposed to some of the crappier ones we've covered on other systems, which we shall not mention. <laughs> well, I just reviewed – let me share my stuff with you if you don't mind. Sure, I just reviewed uh, – and you, you, you played it. You sent in a submission on my show. I just reviewed a game called Touchdown Football on the Atari 7800, mm. which is a shame because it, it could have been a Tecmo <laughs> style game the way it was set up, but it, beca- it became so complicated. It just, just a terrible game. But that's the Atari 7800 game by game podcast, which you can find on iTunes, Stitchers, and I also put it on YouTube. It's not a video, but you can you know stream it in the background if you want. Even if you don't know what the Atari 7800 is, I think you'll find it fascinating. I like to go. I like to be real thorough. I go through the history of the games. I go through the history of the companies. You know, so the first time I first time I remember the first time I talked about Namco and just they're kind of similar to this company because they start out just selling amusement equipments. But it's fascinating how all these gaming companies kind of intertwine back uh, back in the Ferg. So it it was it's really cool that if you want to learn the history of the arcade, the companies, whatever, I think you'll find it interesting. And also, of course, I have the No Swear Gamer on YouTube, family friendly show. One of the cool things I do at the end of each episode is I rank the games if they're on the same system. So, for instance, I've done like 30 NES games. So if you go watch my Mike Tyson Punch-Out review, at the end of the review, you can see where I would rank it against all the other all the other games I do. In the future, I want to have more Super Nintendo games. I'm just, <laughs> I'm a regular guy. And my I only have like one main TV in our house. And so I only can hook up a certain amount of systems at a time. So right now I have a Nintendo I have an Atari 7800, which plays 2,600 games, and then I have a Sega Genesis, which is hooked to a Mushroom, which is hooked to a Sega CD. So that's why I'm kind of limited what I'm putting up. But I will, I will get there because I do have a collection of about 50 Super Nintendo games. Definitely, yes, and you know, I definitely can certainly vouch for vouch for Phil's work. He does great work about the great work like about the podcast, like also the YouTube channel, uh, regular updates on the YouTube channel, uh, which are always appreciated. Um, uh, yeah, I'm up, I'm up to like a hundred and eighty episodes, which is insane. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like you know, the, um, you know, like you know, I love listening to retro 
for freaking podcasts because I could probably become a history background on you know, but also because of the fact that I just love games, whether it's like you know retro, like retro modern, old new, whatever, I'll play it. So listening to podcasts about for systems that I. Persistence, like I don't, I don't even have any nostalgia or memory or any history of the 700s. I still listen to the podcast anyway and love it just because it's so, so, so I still like you know like well presented. So I definitely can. Oh, thanks. I, I appreciate that. I'm curious, Greg. Is there any system you don't own that you wish you did that you'd be interested in owning? Well, I'm certainly an emulation guy for mostly, uh, mostly for money, uh, money reasons. But if money was not an object, um. I don't know. I think, I think um, for most systems, I'm perfectly happy playing an emulation because I'm not a collector. I mean, I just, just do. I care more about the games, playing the games, as opposed to actually physically wanting to have them. So, um, I probably would like to have. It's not retro, but you know, uh, I mean, I certainly would love to have like you know, like a PS3 or PS4. I just haven't had the money to. to, to, to just like the money thing out for them because those systems are so the systems are the systems are so expensive. I mean, PS3s, you, you, PS3s are coming down in price like very nicely now these days. But um, yeah, just like you know, I I get more nostalgia for the games and the systems because right. to me, because to me the systems the systems because to me the systems the systems just a mechanism mechanism like to play the game. How like how you play the game like like isn't important to me. I just shoot. Should I just want to play the game and enjoy it? Gotcha. Um, okay, let me ask you this. Is there an arcade game you'd like to own? If you could own an arcade game. Star Wars Arcade, sit down, Atari. Uh, the Atari Vector. I, I love, 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 love that game. Because there's, there's something about, especially arcade games, I think there's something to, about having the original controller in your hand. And sometimes emulators don't get it just right. That's, there's little, that's there, how the reason I want the game. because There is nuances, but <laughs> especially with arcade games more than home console games. Yes. You know, especially, like, I, I think of the, the double-screened X-Men by Konami. Yes. You yeah. know, or, or yeah. maybe one of the, or how about this? There was a game Sega made called Galaxy Force 2 <laughs> that was in the spinning kind of chamber like it was roped off and you could spend 360 degrees in it mm, awesome yeah yeah if money was no object i'd love to be able to shove the you know shut the you know, shove thirty thousand dollars like they get a star wars battle pod uh love that game it's so good <laughs> I, I haven't had the pleasure of trying it out I, i'm scared to because of how much it costs just to get into it it's it it's a little pricey it depends like where you play the game at my local dmb has a set to about like my local dmb has a set to about like a, a like about a buck fifty, but um, it's such an intense experience. You can't really, you can't really. I mean, you could physically describe it, but if you actually sit down and actually play it, you can't really get the so get the full gist of the experience. But it's well worth the money. Yeah. Well, anyways, thank you, thank you, Greg, for you know. I, I, this is the first. Just in case people are wondering, you know, I've talked to you on forums and through email and whatever. But this is the first time I actually had a chance to actually talk to you, uh, not quite face to face, but you know. Uh, you know, like a telephone call, if you will. And, and so it was, I, I had some questions I wanted to ask you and I appreciate that. And I'll also let you guys know if you want to follow me on Facebook or Twitter, go to either one search for no swear gamer and I should pop up. Or I also have a Facebook page just for the Atari 7800 game by game podcast. Yeah. Likewise. I don't, don't mind at all. This is great. I think this is actually, this is actually the first guest host you made on a podcast, I think. Right. I have done, um, this is probably the first, I want to say it's the first full length one. Because I did 
some retro junkies. You can still find them, I believe, on iTunes. Did right. something called okay. retro junkie yep. minis that yep. were like 15 minute episodes. And I did a bunch of those, mostly with Aaron from the Retro Obscura podcast. And I was on the Retro Obscura podcast to do um, uh, where I stumped them. They had a trivia thing. This was early on, like in the first 10 episodes. Ah, and I went, on, I went on and I and I stumped them. And you know what? I stumped them with John Madden football. <laughs> because the question was, I had an old Sega Genesis guide. It was like player's guide. And I asked them what game, one game of the year. And I gave them like four choices. <laughs> and they went for other choices than the original John Madden football. So I was surprised that it won game of the year. I didn't think the series was that acclaimed early on. So I've been on that. And then the Retro League had me on for an, uh, for an interview. So if you search the Retro League, there's an interview. It, that's all it is. It's just me and one of the hosts, Jungle Rat Rob. And, and I give great props to the Retro League podcast because they were uh, one of my first inspirations. They're the first retro podcast I downloaded. And, they, and uh, I won a game from them, Bubsy for the Sega Genesis. That was the first game I ever reviewed on the No Sword Gamer. Awesome. Yeah, so absolutely. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to finally – uh, come on the podcast with us to talk about to talk about topic a game that a lot of gamers probably hate. So um, it's nice to have some it's nice to have some fellow comrades in arms and talking about some of these like you know like long lost sports favorites. Yeah, and I'd really be interested, uh, guys. Go to go to Greg's Facebook page or group and tell him which Tecmo Bowl you'd rather play, one or three. Break the tie. Let us know which one is the better game. Absolutely. Um, so thank you again very much, Phil. I appreciate it very much. Um, you know, like definitely, uh, definitely check out like Phil's podcast, the, the, the podcast and the YouTube show. Both of those are well worth watching. And, uh, this has been great. Uh, appreciate you, appreciate you coming on the podcast again to kind of share your football knowledge and help to like have to fill the, like have to fill the gap. Uh, my regular, my regular coach, like Alessandro, like will be back next, uh, uh, next episode. So, um, yeah, so it was a blast. Yeah, thank you very much. And as we speak, Greg is putting the hood back over my head so I cannot see where I am as he takes me out and the drugs are starting to kick in. I am getting a little drowsy, folks. Uh, so, yep, I better go take care of Phil then. i get him all set in for the night. So thanks all for listening and take care. Nintendo controls 80% of the video market. But no matter how you play the game or which game you play, Things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man. Now you're playing with power. Deep of power.